0: Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: The biggest games of the football season are coming and BetRivers is introducing new parlay features just in time for the playoff push. For your next bet, try a new multi-game parlay and combine bets across games to make your perfect combo. Combine player props, game bets, and even different same-game parlays into one multi-game parlay. Make your parlay today at BetRivers. Download the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com to place your bet.
0: This is the Los Angeles City Cast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers.
1: Welcome into your Wednesday edition of the Los Angeles City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari. Very excited for today's show. It's going to be NFL talk all show long. We're bringing in a very special guest to do it. It's NFL network anchor, Mike Yam. Michael Yam, I believe, is on Twitter, but you can find him on Twitter at Mike underscore yam. He's going to come on to talk all things NFL, especially, you know, the Chargers and how their season wrapped up, and of course the Rams and where they're headed in these playoffs if anywhere. Uh what his thoughts are on Matt Stafford. I have lots of questions for Mike. I'm sure we'll also get into the Raiders, Bengals, and maybe even 49ers Cowboys. So, lots and lots to get to because it's super wild card weekend. Why is it called super? I get it. And there's more. Okay. It it I don't like it. I don't like it. Why would we put super in front of it? It almost makes, I'd be pissed if I was the Super Bowl. You know, it takes some of that away. So just call it Wild Card Weekend. No super. Uh, But it is Super Wild Card Weekend nonetheless. So lots and lots to talk about. But more NBA talk. We'll be back on Friday's show. First things first, we always check out the Los Angeles lines available at BetRivers Sportsbook. Big fans of BetRivers on this show. For the NFL playoffs, Cardinals at the Rams. The Rams are a a four-and-a-half point favorite right now. This is down from, I believe, five, five-and-a-half. And And so people taking the points with the Cardinals, it looks like. Total sitting at 50 earlier in the week, now down to 49-and-a-half. So just a slight drop. Uh, Wondering if people are taking the under on this like I have been considering doing because, yes, I am that one crazy friend who would look at these two teams and think, hmm, maybe an under. But we'll get into that. Uh, as for the NBA, some futures odds. The Lakers are 6-1 to to win the West and 12-1 to to win it all. Uh, Clippers 12-1 to to win the West and 22-1 to win the championship. Those things will all shift, of course, if and when we see Kawhi back and if and when we see Anthony Davis back, I believe. So uh, if there's anything you want to grab, grab it before they're back. You can find all these odds and so much more on Bett River Sportsbook. Let's welcome in NFL Network anchor Michael Yam. Find him on Twitter, at Mike Yam. Mike, I have to ask you, is it Michael or Mike? What, what do you prefer? So
2: Mike is almost everyone. Uh, Michael is my family. So when I hear that, I do perk up. It's either I'm in trouble, my mom and dad are calling me, my cousins are saying something, or Yammer kind of just stuck from like my childhood. So um, I've been called a lot of things. So as long as it's, there's like not tone to it, Danielle, you can go with it, whatever you're comfortable with.
1: Yammer, I saw that. I saw that, actually. Uh, <laughs> somewhere, so that makes sense a lot more now. Um, Well, I'm so excited to have you on, obviously, and talk all things LA teams specifically. I know that you cover all of them over at NFL Network, and actually, I used to work there, but we just missed each other. I know. Um, But really excited to get you on the pod, especially to talk about the Chargers, because I have feelings, and I think a lot of us have feelings after the way that Sunday night ended. Sunday was egregiously long for me, because there was two overtime games for the LA teams, and we'll get into the Rams and the 49ers, or or excuse me, well, Rams and 49ers, but really, uh, the Rams and the Cardinals coming up on Monday night football but this Chargers Raiders game let's talk about this real quick what, what was your initial reaction and were you that upset about the timeout okay so
2: I I was a little bit because I think there's been this huge debate and it was funny because I was watching a couple of my colleagues and Rhett Lewis and Maurice Jones Drew when the game was over over on NFL Network and MJD is sitting there going no man like you play to win you play to win you know you can't go in there you're trying to establish a culture and I understand all of those things and I hate to disagree Danielle you're also a Bruin right UCLA. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. So super you and MJ. I don't want to disagree. Part of me thought you were going to start asking me about Pac-12. We could tar- certainly talk about Justin Herbert and the whole thing with the Oregon connection. But <laughs> um, you know, you know, for me, I'm I'm all about. No one is going to remember how you got into the postseason. I'm sorry, I'm just not that guy. I think you know, it's sort of re- revisionist history. A lot of times when we think we know about like the intricate moments that happen throughout the course of a season. Now. Granted, these circumstances were were unique and different, but Danielle, to me, it's all about you know winning. Culture comes with playoff experience, with winning championships, with trying to win a division. All of those things, and I get it. You don't ever want to lose a game, and you'd never say that that would be the case. And I, I just I did have a little bit of an issue with it. And I will say this, Danielle, and I don't know how you feel about you know going forward on fourth down, as much as the Chargers have done it. I am for the most part a fan of it because i think it adds this element of fandom right like it's really cool there's some instances though where i'm like yo you got some serious cojones going for where you are on the football field like i'm fine and the data actually indicates a lot of the times that going it on fourth down is is a good thing and if you're an right. offense it makes sense so i understand what the data says i am certainly not one of those guys that doesn't believe in in science and the data and, and going uh, with what that tells you. But I do think there's a feel to to coaching. And I've seen former players, former coaches, diss some of the metrics that are out there. Do people say diss still? Danielle, I'm aging myself. You know where I'm at. I'll off. allow it. Okay. Allow um, it. Yeah, like to me, I, I think there's like the old school way of thinking, which is not necessarily a good thing. And then there's like mm-hmm. people who rely too much on it. I think there's a happy medium. And and for me, I did have a problem with the timeout because I would have loved to have seen both teams in. Um, but Danielle, you know what's actually really funny is on uh you know the day after so monday after the game sorry i'm losing track of the days of the week here monday after the game i got to fill in on total access on nfl network and david carr was one of my analysts that day i said oh man like you dude you're still glowing man like how cool is that because he was at the game he was in vegas for it he's like yo in and out burger 1am hanging out it's you know it's two brothers who obviously you know former players who have a love of the game and he had said man derek was saying like we're playing to win this game so You know, especially once the timeout was called, it was like, yo, it's go time. This is what we're going to go and do. And, you know, the Raiders gave themselves a really good opportunity. I know they lost to the Bengals uh, already in the season, but, you know, they would have had to go on the road against Kansas City. So if you like matchups, I, I think from a Raiders perspective, I'd rather go and play a Bengals team with a win against the Chargers than tie them and then have to go on the road to play Kansas City. Sorry, that's the longest one to answer to your question. No,
1: but I I completely agree with you. That's like an angle that I think a lot of people didn't consider until after the game. And some people would say that maybe they didn't know about that in that exact moment in that game. And so I just think it's pretty weird to get so upset over that because there is at least reason why Staley would call something like that. And it almost seems like people love specifically picking on Brandon Staley's calls this season. And I think that he's been great for this team. So I think moving forward,
2: he's the right coach for this team. What do you think? No doubt. I'm totally with you. Look, it is not easy to be a first-time head coach, number one, and then a first-time head coach that's trying to change a culture that's there with young players. So I actually think it's awesome. You know, when when, you, when those fourth down conversions work in his favor, we're all like mm-hmm. this. Yeah, man, go for it. That was awesome. Yeah, that was it. awesome. And you know what? When it doesn't work, we're like, dude, what were you thinking? And, you know, I'm even questioning it depending on where it is on the field, but I'm with you. I think there's no doubt the players love him. They believe him, uh, believe in him. And I think it's really cool that he believes in his guys. And I don't. To me, the fourth down thing is sort of a microcosm in in the grand scheme of things for the, for the culture that that program wants to go and set. So I'm with you there. And I think, you know, looking back, does Brandon Staley, you know, a couple days after that game, you know, go, hey, maybe I should have done that. I don't know if he'd ever say that publicly, but, you know, this is a learning experience. And just like players learn on the fly, coaches mm-hmm. are doing the same thing. And I think I- I'm with you 100%. I think there's no question he's the right fit for the Chargers.
1: Well, and a smart coach, we know that Mm -hmm. off the bat. And also the way that he came in and said, we're going to build an offense around Justin Herbert. That is a smart coach. That's a coach that I want to keep working with. So I think good things for the Chargers moving forward, except for they have to address, I've been harping on this all season. They have to address this rush defense. What is the answer for this? I mean, how do they, because this is to me the one hole in the ship for them.
2: Yeah, no, I'm with you. And I think what's sort of fascinating is a year ago, as we watched this team, get close and not get over the hump in a lot of these games this year you saw it uh look you you saw them knocking on the door right to, to getting into the playoffs so that was a win I think you see those steps uh I think a year ago as we watched this team we said you know what franchise quarterback they're set with Justin Herbert next decade don't even have to worry about that position and that's a luxury that most teams in the NFL simply don't have but to your point while the weapons are really good for Herbert and some of those guys, defensively, there's some issues in terms of getting to the quarterback and making sure that this team can get to that elite level. Um, I'd rather be in the situation the Chargers are in versus some other teams in the NFL that are now looking for a head coach and, and teams looking for a general manager to, to right the ship. But when you have your guy, and they do, uh, in Justin Herbert, to me, I think that is, that's a huge bonus that, that they're going to have to, to work fo- moving forward here.
1: Yeah, I absolutely, absolutely agree. I think that this team's in a really good spot because they know exactly where their issue is, and I think it's going to be able to be addressed for that reason. Um, you brought up the coaching carousel a little bit, so I'd love to ask you kind of, where do you think the best coaching job is right now if you're uh, an NFL head coach hopeful? Because for me, it might be the Vikings.
2: So the Vikings are on the short list. I wish I could say it was my Giants because I grew up in the Northeast, and that that situation Well, we're just is... happy
1: Joe Judge is, is finally out. Yeah, bad. and
2: that's... That, People are that was... waiting
1: for that. Oh,
2: God, I got family members and friends just blowing up my phone every single Sunday. Go, <laughs> did you see this? Did you see, like, what are we doing? I, I get it. And you know what, it's... It stinks, right? Because Saquon Barkley is such a talented player. Just haven't seen him on the football field completely healthy for the full year, so you don't really know what you're getting. And look, I, yeah. I actually think the front office did it—you know tried to address some of those issues. Galladay certainly comes to mind. You know, some of the issues they had offensively. But the point is, it's not the Giants right now as the team that I would pick. Minnesota definitely on that short list. Um, you know, do you count the Raiders situation with an interim head coach? Would you throw them I do. into? I Okay. I would. Yeah. Um, hell, they're a playoff team, right? So like, I, to me. That seems like a great, great opportunity. I'm assuming you yeah. like Minnesota just because you have a guy at the quarterback spot. Is that, and I think they have some good pieces on defense as well. Is that sort of your line of thinking? I like
1: their defense a yeah. lot. I mean, I think their defense is, a lot, I think that they're set up in a good way where they're just like one move away from being a really good team.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I also think too, right? Like if you are in a scenario where it's a brand new general manager and a head coach, Mm -hmm. you're in a situation where you actually have some legs here, right? Like, you have some time. And I think for me, man, I think we saw some flashes from Justin Fields this year. We saw some flashes from from Trevor Lawrence and some of the pieces that are there. And now all of a sudden, it's back-to-back years with the number one overall pick that the Jags have. I mean, hell… You know, we could talk about the Jets and the Giants, circling back on them. Both of those teams, two picks in the top 10. What? Like, that's that's not supposed to happen in They need them York. badly,
1: unfortunately. They do.
2: They do. <laughs> um, so, I'm with you. Minnesota's on the short list, but if we're going to count the Raiders in the mix, I would lean towards Vegas.
1: Interesting, yeah, because I, I know some friends who agree with you on that one, especially because of the explosion of sports betting right now. Obviously, yeah, we're on yeah. a sports betting show here, yeah. um, and so the explosion of sports betting and, and legalization in so many states, New York now, I mean, the tax is insane. But oh. hey, they got it. Um, do you have a lot of friends back home excited to start doing that? Oh,
2: are you kidding me? Um, I get <laughs> I get some questions occasionally that come my way uh, via email and and on the text threads, and my old roommates from college because I went to Fordham, and uh, you know, to your point on New York opening things up. You mentioned the taxes danielle we live in the state of california like we can't it's I, not much better. yeah we can't point the finger at anyone else that's got high taxes because I, I call it the life tax uh on the west yeah. coast here trying to trying to stay here but you're right like i think there's an excitement um for the fans and it, it's an added dimension and i think there's so many opportunities now you know with, with people doing their own custom modeling and, and all of those types of things with props and, and fantasy i mean danielle i started my career in fantasy and if you would have told me in high school when I was like on NBA.com using real GM, you know, concocting all these different lineups that I'd get my first start in, in broadcast because of fantasy sports and then get to work through fantasy for a good stretch of my career before I got to the Pac-12 when I wasn't allowed to play. But I would have said, you're crazy. So it really is fascinating to see sort of this explosion in betting and fantasy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and kind of what we talked about with Staley, there's people who stick, stick, stick so strictly to analytics and to their models and things like that. And then there's some people who very much old school, like the eye test, that kind of thing. And ideally, you're some kind of hybrid. Um, yep. What, I mean, I know that you don't bet, obviously, being yep. an NFL no. network, but um, what is kind of your take on that? What do you think is a better approach for as far as a
2: yeah, I, for a game tab, look, I think there's there's a lot of different ways to do it, right? Like I've, when I was working in fantasy, I was charting a lot of games and trying mm-hmm. to figure out like the best ways to come up with my lineups and who was hot, who was trending in the right direction. And I think you fast forward, you know, a decade plus and what's available in some of the tools that are out there. And it's really interesting, Danielle, because I think if you go to Pine Sports, for example, they're a platform, which to me is really cool, where I can come up, I'm not betting, but if I sit there and, and someone's asking me about my picks, well, guess what? I can input the first, I don't know, five, 10, 20 stats that I think determine the outcome of a game and then use artificial intelligence to sort of support what my belief is as a sports fan. If I want a projection on a fantasy guy, which I am allowed to go and play, I can go and use that platform and go, oh, hey, what's this guy going to do? How do I set like the most perfect, you know, daily fantasy lineup out there? I mean, to me, using those tools to to support what I think I know as a sports fan or – prove me wrong and, and tell me something exact opposite you know those tools are available right now i think for for a lot of people to use and on a site like that which is free like to me that's really cool so i sort of net out danielle at somewhere in the middle i'm a fan who watches all the games who loves talking smack with my old roommates from college about it and at the same time i want to feel smart And how do i feel smart and that's kind of used tools that are available to me it's kind of yeah, like army I mean, with particular. information yeah absolutely yeah. go with it roll yeah. with it so
1: you, that was so that was pine sports that's interesting because a lot of models are not free so that's if somebody wanted to first kind of take their tiptoe their steps into modeling that might be a good option
2: yeah yeah I mean there's like yeah. low barrier right like I've seen this before yeah. where you know you kind of go out there and you're like all right how do I like if you do a google search and you're trying to find tools like it's it's sometimes really hard and I was not The best math student, Danielle, like I tried really hard. So like this, I don't want to get in, I know I, it was, (laughs) I was like the big effort guy, but you know, like I, I, like sometimes the math would scare me. So like, if I can get someone else to do the math for me and then do it at a high level, like why not just roll with it? And if there's like artificial intelligence tools, it's like having a friend who's literally perfect at math. Yeah. Sign me up. So, um, it's, it's pretty cool from that uh, perspective and I'm with you, Danielle, like if you have the knowledge. Why not go and use it? Like, I don't think any coach would not watch game film, right? Like, I think it's just the evolution of what we have at our disposal.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and it's it's tough because with betting, it's trying to figure out what information is important, yeah, right? Yeah. And like that's what I'm always trying to do on this podcast is do research for people so that they don't have to go uh, do all the digging that I have to do. But on that note, I have to say we talked about the Chargers. I want to talk about the Raiders oh, and the yeah. Bengals really quick. Um, I'm seeing that the Bengals are like a five and a half point consensus favorite in the market, and. I think that's a slam dunk because I don't believe in this Raiders team. I think they're a little bit fraudulent here at the end. What What are your thoughts on this one?
2: Look, Cincinnati and Joe Burrow and and Jamar Chase and the things that this team has been able to accomplish. Danielle is uh, yeah yeah. Can I do (laughs) like the double barrel with you as well when we're talking about him? I mean, he just that's
1: incredible branding,
2: uh, right? And with the cigar and the whole the the dance, he is he's tremendous. And you know, it's fascinating because we were loving up Justin Herbert, who who I love, and I got to know him a little bit when he was at Oregon. You know, that's two franchises, Danielle, let's say we got our guy. And when we watched him at LSU, like he, you know, we're coming off the heels of the national championship, which had a very different vibe from from national. I'm still championships. mad at Alabama.
1: I know. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. I, I think there's some fans who are okay with it. Um, that has seen Coach Saban <laughs> win a whole lot uh, already, and it's okay that someone else is in there. But you know, that game had a different vibe to it. And I think when you look ahead and you see the careers that those two quarterbacks specifically are now putting into place. It really is. It's it's kind of awesome. And if you're a football fan, you go, those are the faces of the NFL with Patrick Mahomes for the next 10 yeah. years. And that's remarkable. And I think this is now this first true test for, for Cincinnati. Danielle, they, they don't even know what they don't know. And like that's been the best part about watching the ebbs and the flows this season for this football team. At their highs, you're like, Damn, these dudes are good. And then there's some losses where you scratch your head and you're like, What what just like that? You guys just did that when the other week you were doing this. And, but I'm with you. I actually like them um, against the Raiders, even from an emotional standpoint, Daniel. Like it's not always easy to rebound and look, they won the game in overtime, but to sustain that emotion and then go on the road to try to beat a Cincinnati team that's playing with house money because no one's necessarily pointing to them saying, hey, go win a Super Bowl. I, I, I'm I'm with you. I like the Bengals of this game.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just think that the Raiders' luck is going to run out here in their last four games, one by two, one by four, one by three, yeah. one by three, yeah. like barely getting by. Uh, so I think that was more an, like – a trouble for the other teams than necessarily something that the Raiders were doing particularly well. Sure. Um, and I was surprised actually to see how many points they scored, but I do think it's the Bengals in that matchup. But there is another LA team that we have not talked about yet. You could say it's That's the probably. LA team, actually. Yeah. what do you? What's your thought on this really quick before we get in? Is it Are the Rams LA's team? Because people always ask me this because I host the Los Angeles CityCast, and I said it just yeah. doesn't feel like the Chargers fandom has traveled here with them.
2: So I've been in – southern california now for like three weeks three and a half weeks because oh, i was three minutes <laughs> yeah no it kind of feels like that in some regard so i was in san francisco for almost the last 10 years and i being in northern california and for those listening to this podcast like you like if you're in Cali, you certainly know what i'm talking about like it's you know yeah. might as well be two different states right but uh for me in in the bay area i never would have associated the chargers with la like i would have said it's no it's the rams deal and now that i'm down here i I do get a sense it's mostly Rams. Now, full disclosure, Danielle, one of my best friends is JB Long, who's the play-by-play voice for the Rams. So I have like this, this rooting interest because I love hearing, like when they win, I get to hear JB's calls if they're on yeah. network. So of course, like I'm kind of pulling for him from that perspective. Um, so, but I'm with you, like even just being down here, it does feel more Rams centric.
1: Yeah. And I wonder if we'll start to see that shift because of Justin Herbert. Like, I'm yeah. a huge Herbert Stan. I call him Herbie Fully Loaded. Like, oh, I, I just, <laughs> that. I love that.
2: Can I borrow that? And I'll credit yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Absolutely, TM. Um, But, yeah, I think that Justin Herbert's going to change that just a little bit. This, this Chargers team is fun. It's unfortunate because I think for both LA teams, it's not a particularly big football city. Yeah.
2: So, yeah. You're,
1: you know, you don't really feel like program. when you're at SoFi that it's
2: a home game. So... You know, it's kind of interesting because I'm thinking this is obviously Lakers all the way. And I think to yeah. your point on the Chargers, if Herbert, fully loaded, just continues to lead this team and they figure out some of the defensive issues, they start winning games. You you could have kind of a Clippers vibe that we've gotten the last couple years where you, know, you start taking a little bit of that market share from from the other team. And I don't even think it's not as dominant. Like, it's not even apples to apples because L.A. is still the Lakers. But to be sort of that trendy team, you start winning – to your point, Danielle, like there's, there's fans to be had. And look, Justin's also a really good person. And I can say that. And there's guys like Taylor Rapp, who's, who's you covered him in
1: college. Yeah. yeah.
2: Like those are two really good dudes that I root for. Um, You kind of like a side tangent. Is it okay? It's a podcast, right? So I can do the side tangent with you. Oh, well, it's made up of,
1: of tangents. Okay. Yeah.
2: So when I was at Pac-12 Network, we used to do media training for a lot of our student athletes. And mm-hmm. for football media day, you get, your two representatives from every team they come down to los angeles we were our show hollywood and we would do media training with them the day before what was really cool was we would run them through an exercise and one of the questions we would ask them danielle is hey like write down the four or five things you want to accomplish in life like what are your goals and look you're in a room of dudes who want to play on sundays right so every yeah. guy's like i want to be an nfl player like that's always on the list and i'll never forget this about justin it was like his like 15th time Um, down at Media Day because he he was so talented and and every year the Ducks would bring him down there. He would say, um, I'll never forget this. He said, I want to be a good husband, a good father. I want to be able to fish and I want to play in the NFL. Like, you just— In that order. <laughs> it, yeah. I mean, look, the NFL thing might not have been last, but, like, being a good dad and a good husband, like, that was one and two. And to me, that just sort of speaks volumes to the type of person that he is, and it's almost impossible then to not root for him. So, yeah. I think if the fan base, to your point, Danielle, sees that Justin Herbert coupled with the haymaker throws down the field for for touchdowns, yeah, it's going to be easy to root for him.
1: Yeah, and in in contrast, actually, to Justin Herbert, which, by the way, I did not know he likes to fish. How fun is that? Um, I love learning, like, the human things about players. I love the human parts, Uh, but... In contrast, the Rams with Matt Stafford, people are not very high on him right now. And it's understandable because, what, eight turnovers in the last four weeks? Like, he's having a lot of trouble in that area. And so, yeah, you can sling the ball as many times as you want, rack up the yards. But if you're getting those interceptions and you're losing games for your team, because it it really does come down to that at this point, the Rams' defense is having to do more uh, because of these mistakes that he's making. And it is interesting because we have Justin Herbert on the other side, who everyone's very high on. And we're like, man, we want more Justin Herbert in the playoff, and we don't get to see him. But we do get to see Matt Stafford unfortunately um Whoa. it's weird because I'm I'm very mixed on Matt Stafford I, I think I that tell. he's been incredible for this franchise so far this season but you can't lead the league in interceptions that's a problem and so the Rams obviously next up Cardinals we've already seen this matchup twice um what are your thoughts on Stafford
2: yeah 17 picks if I'm not mistaken Daniel that led yeah. the NFL right like that number that 17 I, I, I think, think that's it held. what it yeah. was um I, I'm, I'm with you and I think What's sort of fascinating about this is Golden Boy, you know, you you ship out uh, Jared Goff. And a guy who did get to do a Super Bowl, and I understand the skill set is certainly different, but, you know, there was a game um, up in Seattle where Jarrett got that, that, sort of that, that bad hand a couple seasons ago and leads the team to win. Like, I think about moments like that, just like I think about Baker Mayfield, right? Like, he's getting a ton of criticism. He's another guy that throws a ton of picks, but at the same time, his, you know, his arm's, like, hanging down on the ground because of the shoulder injury that he's gotten. got. Now, Stafford's certainly a different conversation, and I'm with you there on the mixed bag. Look, they got him for for critical moments down the stretch of the season. And, look, they're a playoff team. They're a team that I think um, is actually going to win and and beat Arizona. The Cardinals right now, to me, I think this is a team that that has some issues offensively. I actually do think that there's going to be, you know, I don't want to say, dare I say shootout, because I think that's overstating it, Danielle. But I do think mm-hmm. the Rams are a better football team. They're more equipped to slow down uh, an offense that doesn't obviously have D. hop There's been a revolving door in that backfield. I love me some Chase Edmonds as a Fordham guy. Um, and James Conner, what he's been able to do. But I, I don't know how healthy this team is. And for a team that looked like they were able to figure it out. I think it was a three-game losing streak, if I'm not mistaken. And then they go and play Dallas. And was it four, right? And then they beat the Cowboys. Them were the Chargers. <laughs> um, you know, and then they, they win that game. But during that losing streak, Danielle, like, they can't score. Like, they are struggling to put up points. Yeah. And then they get that win against the Cowboys, and I go, oh, okay, here we go. We're going to flip the light switch. This is a team that we had anticipated, you know, that we'd see this season uh, that we got through those first eight, nine games of the year that can win some football games. And then it, it sort of came crashing down over the weekend. So I'm a little concerned. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I think, you know, the Cliff Kingsbury deal is, is really intriguing because you can use Kyla Murray – almost like a college quarterback, right? Like, there's so much on his shoulders to execute. I think the advantage Stafford has in this game is, while he's the guy who's captaining the ship, so to speak, as the quarterback, he's getting plethora of weapons that can help him and a defense that you feel really good about you know the donalds of the world jalen ramsey i don't know if there's a guy better in the secondary in the nfl you, know, you can throw the von miller and like this team went in so i i do like the rams in this game um and i just i i get worried about what arizona can do offensively
1: yeah I absolutely agree with you, and that just when you were talking reminded me of something I saw from one of the guys from Pro Football Focus, actually Eric Eager tweeted this out, um, but the Rams have three of the top six most valuable non-quarterbacks in football this year um, in their PFF war ratings. Wow. so when you look at that right off the bat, I mean I'm thinking Ramsey, I'm thinking Donald, and I'm thinking Cooper Cup, and so there's just so much built around Matt Stafford that you wonder how much of the success this season has come as a result of that because he has struggled with these turnovers. And so um, it's very tough for me because I, I had to stop betting on them to the point. Right. Like now it's actually affecting the entire spread of the game at yeah. this point. Um, yeah. so I just don't know what to make of that and if he can get a grip on that. But I do think that to your point what you said about Baker Mayfield as well, these are the type of quarterbacks though that do really cool things, right? Like these are the quarterbacks yeah. that like they, they throw these interceptions because they're willing to make plays that other people aren't.
2: And that's the beauty of the whole deal, right? Like when you're not scared when you're on the football field to throw that big pass. You know, I mean, even there was that one throw to Zay Jones um, in that Chargers game, right? And and Derek Carr releases Colin. I'm watching it on TV. Collinsworth is going nuts. I mean, think about that window and how tight it was late in that game and execute like a it's a really high degree difficulty in terms of that throw a and then B, the fact that you're willing to make that throw. Not every guy yeah. is willing to do that or be the quarterback that's willing to throw into double coverage and go, you know what blind faith. I'm going to trust my guy's going to be able to go up and get it. Um, you know, Stafford's got the weapons and to your point kyler is he's electric and he do things differently matthew was brought in though not to necessarily be that running quarterback right like he was brought in right. to take this offense to another level and do some things that i guess sean McVay felt like jared goff couldn't do in this mm-hmm. offense i i still circle back and i'm with you this is this is like the proof is in the pudding like hey you got the regular season to try to figure this out and there were some ups and downs and there was mostly ups For the Rams this season. Yeah. uh, I will say. And now you gotta go and prove it. And you got a loaded roster. And he didn't have that for years, for most of his career when he was in Detroit. Now he's got an opportunity to thrive and hopefully this team can get over the hump.
1: Absolutely. And when we look at this game, I mean, again, we've seen these two team matchup twice this season. The first time the Cardinals just beat the crap out of the Rams and the Rams came back and won the next game. They were both yeah. relatively high scoring. They both went over actually the total that's set for this game, which is 49 and a half. But I don't think we see that again. We've been talking a lot about these offenses and you, I mean, the Rams are also a yeah. four point favorite now. I know that you said you like the Rams in this. Do you have a score that you think we're going to see in this game?
2: You know, yeah. I actually think it's going to be relatively higher scoring from a Rams perspective. I think they're going to be able to get up and down the football field. And I know that Arizona's defense has played much improved this season compared to, and, and I think that's actually the reason why you could point to this team is, as to why they've had success this year. Um, I just feel really good. I think Cooper Cup is certainly the nightmare matchup that, that we've seen all season, but this goes back to this idea of, hey, we made these moves, we've done these things to try to win football games in these critical moments in the postseason. So I actually think the Rams win I, you know, I don't want to say a wide margin, um, but wide enough where I kind of feel good about about them sort of comfortably. I don't think this is an overtime game. I guess is where I'm going with this, Daniel. Like I think it's it's a game where I can't where take the, another one. Yeah, no, I think they, all of our hearts <laughs> were stopping, uh, and I don't think Rams fans were are. Uh, want to see something like that by the way danielle do you see that that sean mcveigh was saying that he admitted that the the niners fans like it almost surprised him at sofi stadium over the weekend that there was as many as there were and like it almost caught those guys off guard why would that surprise him where's um, he been i don't know like i just was like and look i our studios are like next door to sofi so i've yet to go uh into the stadium yet i've flown over it heading to you haven't LA. gone in yet I have not gone in yet no Ugh. no i know damn, I've been here for like three minutes. Like I got to, you know. But the just...
1: offices are right. Th- I'm I'm just jealous because when I worked there, we were in Culver City. We were not right next to SoFi yeah, Stadium. Yeah,
2: it is it is definitely pretty cool. Uh, I'm not going to lie. But I still don't even have my badge yet. Like I'm still <laughs> like the new dude. You're not even official. I know. I, I'm not badge <laughs> official yet. I'm visitor badge official so far. Well,
1: uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's funny to me actually because you would think uh, you would have made it over there. But I mean, either way, When it comes down to it, we're looking at this Rams team here. I feel like we're not talking about the defense enough for me with this total. Now, I get it. This would be a silly game to bet an under, but it's exactly why it's begging for me (laughs) to bet under this total. (laughs) Because, yes, the offense is right. We know. We get it. But two top 10 defenses in a lot of ways here. The Rams are fifth in DVOA. The Cardinals are 10th. The Cardinals did allow 30 points to the Lions. I can't explain that one to you. I don't think God himself could explain that one to you. Um, There's been a lot of head scratchers with these two teams. But if anything remains, I think the defenses have shown us that they can do that. Um, And so I'm interested to see. And I definitely think also that they're going to be putting a lot of pressure on each other's quarterbacks, especially as it pertains to the Cardinals. They got to Stafford a lot in both games, actually. They're 11th in sack percentage. So sure. I think that that's going to contribute, to to him throwing turnovers. And unless they can kind of get their running game going and take a little bit of pressure off of Stafford, I think that we're going to see a lot of back and forth, but not necessarily a lot of scoring.
2: Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting when you talk about those defenses, and that's actually why I like the Rams. Like, I just feel more comfortable in – you know, with the better Ra- defense in, yeah, in theory, n- no yeah. doubt. I mean, and look, Kyler, I used the term electric earlier because I think it's it's a an appropriate way to describe his game. He is so much fun to watch. He's so damn quick. He's elusive, and at his size he does make you sort of second guess as a defender like you don't want to end up on the highlight film right like and, and he's got that ability yeah. to turn the corner like he's basically a running back or a wide receiver who's just got this breakaway speed like he is freakishly athletic and while that is a massive concern i i think like what you would just said about you know the points uh given up uh, against Detroit. That comes to mind. Uh, yeah. Not necessarily the most fair assessment, Rashad Penny, and what he was able to do with Seattle and and Russell Wilson kind of getting up and down that field. Seattle, I think, is a better team than what the record shows, despite what Denny Green would say you are, which record is. I you know, I you Look, it's not fair, right? When Russell's not healthy for a good stretch of the season, I'm willing to give you the pass on that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, to me, I, I do get worried about this Arizona team, one without their best, their biggest weapon in DeAndre Hopkins, How do you generate enough points? Because that has been a major theme now these last couple weeks. And while I could point to that win against Dallas as an impressive one, it was like 25, 21, 22, something along those lines, You know that thing got a little worrisome late in that game. Dallas started to make that run, uh, and to me, that's what concerns me. Can you get the stops against this offense? I feel better about Matthew Stafford and the weapons that he's got than what Kyler Murray is working with, and I just don't feel like the defense for Arizona is trending in the right direction.
1: Yeah. I mean, I can definitely see where you're going with that. And and it's unfortunate because I do agree with you that the Rams will win this game. Yeah, I don't know that they'll cover the four. And I hate four as a number. It's terrible. We talk about key numbers on this show all the time, wanting to get through a three or a seven or even a 10. And a four is just terrible. And I don't I don't know that the Rams are going to cover that. They need to if yeah. we think that this is going to be. Are they, this is the last thing I'll ask you about sure. the Rams. Is this a Super Bowl caliber team as they are right now?
2: Oh, man. I was kind of hoping you weren't going to ask me that because... I
1: didn't say, will they win? I know. Are they? Are they... Because yeah, to me, think... the answer is yes, yes, they're capable. Yeah. They're built. But will they?
2: But, like, who's the team that you feel really... Confident about right now, not the Rams. And like, but like, is there one? I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like we're just kind of waiting for who's the other good. Team, right? Who is good in the NFL? I mean, that's that's the problem. Look, you get to the postseason and everyone is really good. And I think you can point to scary teams that you don't want to play. And I know the Niners yeah. seem to be on the short list for for everyone. I mean, hell, does someone want to match up against Tom Brady? Like, I get it. You know, no AB. Godwin's not there. They still got Gronk. Like, there's still pieces that make it make it difficult it's not the same team that won the super bowl a season ago i feel like we're always looking for problems and i think when you're a fan base that is so used to seeing your team you see the warts easier and i think when you look around the nfl unless you're watching everyone as closely and you got you know the the all 22s and you're going through the tape and and trying to assess what's happening you know all those fun things like i think you can have more of a, a neutral take on it, but I think from a fan base perspective, when you're so inundated with the coverage on one team, a lot of times you look for the problems and say, "Hey, what can't we do?" As opposed to like, "Hey, what do we do really well?" So while I'm with you, I, I actually think this Rams team is capable of getting to the Super Bowl. I don't know if they're going to go and win it. I just think the level playing field right now in the NFL, uh, and we're going to see this on full display. Like, I don't anticipate huge blowouts in in the playoffs. Number one, I do think there is. There, you know, people use the term parity and I think it is it's a fair assessment, but Danielle, no, yes. I don't know if there's one team right now that I go is head and shoulders better than everyone else. And I think there's a lot of people that are even doubting, you know, the teams. Like, we've seen Kansas City. We can we can have doubts around them just based off of what we saw at the front half of the season and then a loss towards the end of the year, right? Like, you can look at mm-hmm. the number one seeds in Green Bay and Tennessee and say, hey, like, do you really feel good? I mean, people have been knocking Tennessee for for the entire season waiting for the other shoe to fall off. So, look, right. there, there's definitely some issues there, and I'm, I'm in agreement with you, but I I think there's no doubt that this Rams team can make a run.
1: Here's what I'll say about my confidence level in the Rams. And I, I'm totally not a hot take person. I'm totally a mild, mild person at Taco Bell anywhere else. Okay. But <laughs> I will say that looking at this first slate of games, I could see the 49ers coming out of this weekend and the Rams not coming out of this yeah. weekend. Yeah, That's my confidence level with the Rams right now. It just... It,
2: it's Look, I, I actually could see... <laughs> You know, it's funny. Well, I used this phrase the other day. You know, the old coaches phrase, right? Like, it's it's not about the uh, X's and O's. It's about the the Jimmys and the Joes. And who are those? <laughs> the ind- Niners got a Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, they they um, they do. Um, that that Jimmy's got a little bit of a hand issue right now, but they certainly yeah. have a Joe named Debo. Um, but you know, it's kind of like who are those individual players that, that are so dynamic that tilt the scales in your favor. And I do think that the Rams are fortunate enough to have a few of those players. Now, some of those players are on the defensive side as well. You know, at their best, you know, is Matthew Stafford a guy that that I have supreme confidence in when he's playing well? Hell yeah. Do I get worried about some of those turnovers and picks? Yeah. And like that's what gives me pause. But you know, Cooper Cup's a guy that that I think, you know, tips the scales in their favor. So I think the more times you can have a couple of those dynamic next level dudes, the more likely it is that it mitigates some of the the lack of confidence you might have in your ball club or in a matchup. Yeah.
1: I get it. I get it. You're trying to you're trying to get me to bet on the Rams this week, Mike. I get it, but I I just I cannot do it. I cannot do it. No. If anything, maybe a Cooper Cup longest reception prop, something of that nature that usually cashes, and especially a Matt Stafford interception prop. I would I would go in on that for sure.
2: Yeah. No, I'm with you. It's funny, like when, um, you know, just sort of thinking about some of those projections and and trying to figure it all out. You know, it's it's fascinating to me once again not to make this a conversation about the tools that are available but like when i go to pine and i'm checking out on pine sports some of these projections i'm like oh okay cool like it almost validates it so daniel you told me like you're in a mix between you know you know watching the tape and the feel and the old school with some of the new school stuff so let Mm -hmm. some of the new school stuff kind of sway you here on on a longest reception thing for cooper cup or sending your daily fantasy lineup a perfect lineup I, I didn't
1: know in. you started in fantasy. We're going to bring you, we have to bring you back next season. I didn't know that. We oh, could have brought you in to talk fantasy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Fantasy NBA. That's where I started NBA TV back in the day.
1: So. Oh, I can't wait. I'm ready to I talk I can't like wait Kirsten to bring Mike game back on. on. Uh,
2: Let's roll. Let's roll. <laughs> uh,
1: I actually, for the first time, bet on USC basketball today and they actually uh, on Tuesday and they lost to Stanford. First loss. All and I was like, half? you're welcome, UCLA fans. I jinxed them. Yeah, that, you're welcome. I was
2: just going to say, "What? Well, first of all, like, how hard was that for you as a Bruin um, to to go and, and bet on SC?
1: Yeah, it, it was tough. And I got a great number in game. They were five and a half point favorites. I got the minus one and a half and they could not even win the game. So uh, you're welcome, UCLA fans. I did it. Yeah. I did it once again. Although you're um, Bruins. Yeah.
2: no, We'll see. You know, I actually, I'll tell you this, uh, Daniel. I don't, I, over my career, you know, a lot of times I'm in studio, so I don't always get to, to actually head to games. The yeah. one game I wanted to go to, and I can't wait for an opportunity because I've actually never. Ever seen a basketball game in Poly before. So now that I live oh, down here, yeah, like for sure. But I wanted to see that U of A matchup against UCLA. Like that. Oh, so did U of A fans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. By <laughs> the way, they're upset. not duck. <laughs> they're the Bruins weren't ducking you. Like, relax. We can squash that conversation.
1: Just let them yell into the void. Let them yell into Twitter. And speaking of Twitter, um, you can find Mike there at Mike underscore. Yam. Mike, thank you so much uh, from NFL Network. Thank you so much for joining us today.
2: You're the best. I appreciate the fun conversation. Enjoy the playoffs too.
1: I'll try. I'm trying. I'm trying to enjoy them. They're just not agreeing with me. Uh, but we'll have Mike back on for sure because I definitely want to talk about NBA and a, a myriad of other things. But thank you so much for listening to today's show, the Los Angeles CityCast. Remember, new shows three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Feel free to tweet at me, at Danielle Avari or Mike, and let him know how he did. Um, I'll be back for more fun and games on Friday, of course. So come on back for more of the Los Angeles City Cast, presented by River Sportsbook.
0: Looking for a hot tip to bet on? Check out the new match tips at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. The new tips feature gives you special insights on player props and match bets for the top tips of the day. Go to Bet Rivers before the game, find your match, and tap the tips icon to see independent research on recent team and player performance. Bet with confidence. Visit the Bet Rivers mobile app or go to BetRivers.com and get the top tips of the day. Must be 21 gambling problem call 1 800 Gambler. Playable only in states where Bet Rivers is licensed and in New Jersey at Play Sugar House.